Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Route, the program where we gather every day at this time. Well, Hank Wiggler, we do it Monday through Friday anyway. And what we do when we gather is continue to address the issues between rural and urban America. Hank Vogler checking in like clockwork. Speaking of clockwork, is this your favorite week of the year? Oh, no. Is the National Lemming Day uh, coming this week? Well, in my across-the-pond version this morning with Andrew Henderson in the U.K., they did it this weekend, so I assume we're due to do it next weekend. Having to clue, uh, <laughs> they've already they've already pretty well proven that they don't mm-hmm. need National Lemming yeah. Day anymore because they got everybody in line and and getting the jab and whatever yeah. they say and throw out there on the street giving the, giving the illegal aliens four hundred and fifty thousand dollars. I got my suitcase packed. I'm heading for <laughs> Tijuana. I'm coming across day after tomorrow. I hired about 15 little kids, and it's 450000 ahead. I'll tell you what, my, my ship has come in. Wow. Sunday, November the 7th at 2 a.m., Mr. Lemming, your clock will be altered for you. <laughs> oh, goody, goody gumdrops. I'll really like that. Thank you for sharing. Now, we've got something very, very extremely serious that we have to discuss this morning, uh, and irrespective of where we're at, but I want my salary doubled. My fan base has doubled. I can double your salary. That's no problem. Well, thank you, sir, but I now have two fans. So there, I just just deserve my wages according to my fan base. But you know what two times zero is, correct? Hello. <laughs> Just a minute. Let me get the old calculator out. <laughs> a gentleman stopped by with a sack of potatoes from Idaho. Yeah. Uh, says he loves the show mm-hmm. and uh, keep up the good work. Mm-hmm. And he also reads Ray's magazine, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, I've yet to meet this gentleman, but he stopped by and, and left some potatoes for me. So anyhow. Uh, and, and obviously he knows that the Peruvians eat 200 pounds of potatoes a day. And, so, and he left you a 20-pound bag? <laughs> well, that doesn't matter. It was the thought that counts. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Well, actually, potatoes are something good to stock up on. In fact, that's what I'm doing this week. I think it's a good investment to get some potatoes. I'm going to get more than 20. I might get like 200. Put them in my basement. Well, <laughs> I... Uh, I'll tell you what, the revolution has started, okay? I mean, there's no way of getting around. The revolution has started. It, and if it hasn't, it will be as soon as I make this announcement. I'm going elk hunting in Oregon. And so when I go elk hunting in Oregon, the gentleman that I elk hunt with uh, called me because the price of uh, liqueur is cheaper here in Nevada than it is in Oregano on account of we got a lot more people to support in Oregon on account of the welfare state or whatever. So I won't go to the liquor store. I'm not going to tell you what the name of it was, but it, it, it it's not a state-run liquor store where you pay three times as much. It absolutely got cheap liquor. So... 
it's the middle of the week. I just was coming back from my anniversary with my wife. And it looks like the stores, <clears throat> when they raided uh, Ely and all the other stores of groceries, there's, I got the last bottle of two different brands. Mm. I got four bottles of another. And the one brand, I couldn't get it in uh, the economy size. I had to get these almost like little airline bottles. And, and, and they had all this liquor that they were putting on the shelves. And, I mean, they're just bare everywhere. And I said, wow, somebody had a big party? And this lady looked at me like, I mean, a deer in the headlights. And she said, sir, we can't get bottles now i don't know where the liquor bottles are made but evidently not in america they're on boats they can their distributors cannot get bottles to put the liquor in to get it on the shelves to slake the thirst of the populace uh, I, I, this may be worse news for you i'm not sure uh oil manufacturers are telling me the same thing about containers to get oil to you so that you can start your pickup to drive to the store where you can't get a bottle. They can't get a, a jug. They can't get any container to put the oil in. Well, whoever makes the deaf containers should be horsewhipped in the town square. Have you ever tried to pour deaf out of one of those, no. those two-gallon cans in your pickup no, you can't do it. It no, just the, the, I, I, the spout just. That's your fault. That means your pickup is too new. I do not have a pickup. Well, in fact, I have three pickups, two of which are not running at the moment. <laughs> but none. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. But none of them run. <laughs> Tell me how I'm wrong. <laughs> none of them run with def. Okay, and both of my pickups are down right now for the same exact reason which could lead to operator error, but I don't think so. I think it's just timing. They neither one have brakes. Uh-oh. Riding the old brakes, are you? Well, I brought home a if rather... You go, when you go through the woods, you cut a tree mm -hmm. and tie it with the chain to your back bumper and drag the tree down the dirt road, and it'll slow you down. That's kind of what I did. And also save the environment. Yeah. <laughs> I, had on, uh, I hauled a load of hay home Saturday, and... I don't know. Brakes just went out. I had 17,760 uh, pounds of hay. And that um, will push you down a hill, not stop you. Well, I, re I realize that, but, you know, you put it in low four-wheel drive, and your gear ratio will be better than if you got your <laughs> foot in the carburetor. <laughs> I guess on a pickup now, it's injectors. Yeah. So, yeah. So I got it. Yeah, I, I, and I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure along the lines of not being able to get a bottle or a plastic container, there'll probably be some twenty dollar part they won't be able to acquire to get my brakes fixed. Oh, I'm sitting with that right now. Uh, an adapter mm -hmm. for a vehicle that's going to make me be able to drive posts in the ground, and it won't. That adapter won't be here for a couple of weeks. And, and I mean, it can't, it can't be a $5 adapter. Right. But you can't plug in one plug into the other because you can't get it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, you just name something other than the BS coming out of Joe Biden, uh, <laughs> that isn't going to cause somebody to 
uh, abandon the party of the part that wants all the power. So I, I addressed this on Across the Pond, but I think we have a completely different audience. I have read all the BS about the food, the menu, and what they plan to serve. In fact, let me just read to you, Hank, the uh, how they are positioning the meals at this two-week summit, which is all about, it's not about climate change, it's about how can we control people's diet. That's what it's going to be totally about. And here's how they're positioning this. We have worked hard to create a low-carbon menu that's accessible to all. We hope our sustainable food strategy will shape menus of the future as we work to protect our planet. As we will provide great tasting and nutritious food, our menus are focused on local seasonal sourcing with a plant-forward approach. We have been delighted to showcase and work with so many local Scottish suppliers, and our teams are looking forward to supporting the event. And one of the main focuses that they put on this, which should just get everybody's dander up, but nobody will pay attention, but the 4% of the, the, no, the 0.4% of the people that actually know something about growing stuff, they're really focusing on food with no fertilizer. Fertilizer. Uh-oh. It is a bad thing, Uh-oh. Hank. Uh-oh. We're... Yep. <laughs> yep. Talk about shortages. Yep. No fertilizer. No fertilizer. Well, and, ironically, Andrew, every day, has been telling us the farmers in the U.K. are very concerned because it sounds like they're not going to get enough fertilizer for next year's crop. And now, all of a sudden, we see all of these political elites... Who are trying to control our lives, talking about sourcing food that requires no fertilizer? Uh, uh, two and two is four in my book. Okay. All I'm right. going to have to drag my poor little here, wife in this deal. Here we go. When See? you start a sentence with okay, <laughs> I know that it's time to take a break, and then we'll ask you to come back with okay, your poor little wife in this deal when we get back. Lung Creek Cattle Company providing the opportunity for cattlemen to be a part of the grand scheme of producing a high-quality, healthy, consistent supply of tender beef. That's why it's called Certified Piedmontese. They are sired by Piedmontese sires. Lone Creek has adapted through the years. And I can tell you personally that the calving ease, the growth, the performance, and the health is fantastic. We've got our calves weaned and, as of Friday, all castrated. And they're just ready to roll. Get more details about your involvement and the premium of $180 over market price at LoneCreekCattleCo.com. Back with... Okay, here's my wife, Way, after this. Welcome back. Roll out, Trent Lewis, alongside Hank Vogler, checking in North Spring Valley, Nevada. I interrupted him as he was about to talk about his wife and fertilizer. <laughs> Is she spreading well, fertilizer? Let me tell you something. I refer to her when she's in her backyard garden as Greta Greentum. Now, Greta, because her last name is German, Greta Greenthumb has plants that uh, – you've seen the Las Vegas dirt, haven't you? I have. It, it, I, I, mean, it, I don't think most people would even call it dirt. Go ahead. No. It, it has got to be void of anything that would grow anything ever. Right. Well, the house that she lives in and that house next door both were – 
sold to them and to us or at about the same time. She's got plants that are uh, they're going to the homeowners association is going to be over there one of these days and, with chainsaws and I mean <laughs> she has built her a jungle in her backyard. I mean there these trees one of them I kept saying that tree's dead. No no give it a little chance give it a little Well it's 80 you know I mean we're going to be able to get saw logs out of it here and it, it's only 4 or 5 years old. But she takes water from everything except she doesn't use anything that has dishwashing detergent or anything like that but any water in the house any leftovers it's kind of a compost everything i guess you'd call it orange peels everything in the world and she can i mean she could grow hair on a billiard ball me nah it, if it ain't astroturf it ain't happening i can't grow anything i it's i it's a, absolutely did never got the gene so the neighbor started at the same time and I looked over the fence and they don't have anything. They may as well put in AstroTurf. Uh, and so it's all based on putting things back in the soil it's called the cycle of life. That's part of it. And the amount of progress we've made as the human being over the years is all based on herbicides, pesticides, Fertilizers and all those things and genetics. Uh, what was the average corn crop back in 1900? That's where they want us to go back to the good old days. Yes. Model A's. Hey, hey, ho. Probably 60. Well, whatever that acre. is. I'll find out. Yeah. What do we got now for an average? 180? Uh, I think the average nationwide this year will be on the top side of 200. I got neighbors telling me that they've never seen corn over 300 like they've got. One guy said he averaged 335. Yeah, that's irrigated. Okay. That's irrigated. Irrigated. Okay. But nonetheless, let's just tie up all the circles. We don't need fertilizer. We don't, you know, we don't need herbicides. We don't need pesticides. We don't need genetics. You know, this is, this is the most genocidal thing in the world because somebody's going to wake up and it may not be the elitist, but it, it will be the Bastille. It, you know, the, Crashing the Bastille, I mean, the guillotine, mm -hmm. because the the masses, somebody is not going to get to have cornflakes. That's, I mean, get over it. There's going to be, what, 9 billion people here shortly? And those people. No, well, there's care. not. No, there's How not much money you be. got? Well, that, that's, that's a sense with this kind of thinking. Mm -hmm. you know. All right. So here here is the answer to all of our questions. From 1860 which we could say that's when agriculture started in the United States, post-Civil War. Corn yields were bouncing between 20 and 30 per acre. All right. Interestingly, Hank, they did not change. They're static from 1860 through 1940. After World War II, corn yields just incrementally shot up to where we are today at, you know, 180 bushel, which is what has been our average. So what happened in 1940? Yeah. Well, in 1940, we went to war, and uh, the people that were home on the farms were probably raising crops over and over and over and over again on the same acreage. That was another thing that wasn't in vogue at the time was, was uh, crop rotation. Mm -hmm. And so we had some depleted soils that needed 
fertilizer, things like that. I mean, yeah, the genetic progress, everything. But the, let's even go back further. The anthropologists, they all say the same thing. The human brain began to grow exponentially when we started eating meat and agriculture. And we then had time to have language. We then had time to have skyscraper. Everything we were was built in, in the world has been built on surplus agricultural production, period. You, If your whole day routine is is around trying to keep from starving to death and your and your offsprings from starving to death, you were a hunter-gatherer, and you were eating broccoli. You were eating anything that you could get your hands on, and number one was you followed the wildebeest or you followed the wild cattle or, or whatever you hadn't domesticated yet, and you ate and you had hunters out there all the time. Now, yeah, there were there was uh, other products available, but what was available, number one, is you were not following the turnip harvest you were following the wildlife, the game, until you figured out how to domesticate them. And, and then you got food and fiber and all these things, which did it all. And now the smallest group that has, over the years, used to be quite powerful, is now pretty helpless, uh, can be, be beat up. They're the ones that now are the demon. And that, that's a kind of a switch. Because you don't have to go to Disneyland, you don't have to go to Las Vegas. But when your belly button bangs against your backbone, it ain't long. So, yeah. I saw, uh, actually, wait, wait a minute, I need to keep track of something here. Oh, okay. Uh, Kelly gave me something to read because she knew I would like it. And I'm going to share it with you. And this is very long and extended, but I'm just going to give you the philosopher, Alexander Tyler. You ever heard of Alexander Tyler? Scottish philosopher. How perfect. From, from, sorry. From bondage to spiritual growth, spiritual growth to great courage, great courage to liberty, then from liberty to abundance, from abundance to complacency, then complacency to apathy, apathy to dependence, and finally, dependence back to bondage. <laughs> There you go. Make the circle. By the way, yes, he sir. lived about I, I, four, I he lived four hundred years ago. Uh, how many years ago did the mini ice age end in eighteen fifty? And they started having more accurate uh, measurement of the temperatures. Mm -hmm. uh, so I mean, it's all it's all relevant, but it has nothing to do with feeding the masses or helping people. I mean, it used to be a little pestilence that kind of cleaned things up for you. Problem with pestilence is sometimes it also whack the rich and the famous. Yeah. And, and, and the, and the, you know, what's going on right now? Gas over $4 a gallon out here. Uh, this is, wait till, wait till they need some heating oil or anything like this. Well, right now, the poor guy that's got a minimum wage job that decided to get off the couch and quit taking the government money goes back to work. And he goes to the gas pump, and it, in California, what, a couple of hours just to get to work? Well, his cost of, of working just doubled. I mean, just all of these things, they're already being taxed, but we're only going to tax the wealthy. Well, their idea of what's wealthy and what's not, you know. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we're talking about Marie Antoinette. We're talking mm -hmm. about, well, if they're hungry, let them eat cake. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Well, where did that cake come from? The very people that are out in the street with the guillotine greased up and sharpened up. I mean, <laughs> you can't do it. Mark Twain said it best. You find a starving dog and feed him. The, the basic difference between man and dog is you find a starving dog and feed him, he'll never bite you. And that's what we've got going. We've got these elitists that are telling the masses how to live. And they don't know how to live because they're already, I mean, their butler is more cognizant of the cost of groceries. <laughs> I mean, it just doesn't make, it's just, wow, there's your apathy in living color right there. And that's why, why do you think that, do you think that people are coming from all over the world, 160 company, countries, crashing the border, doing anything they can? I mean, it's like a lifeboat. Uh, it's the Titanic and the lifeboat. The lifeboat will only handle so many people. But as many people want to get here, because they got to be smart enough to know that Uncle Joe is just about run his course quicker than anybody else. I mean, God love him. He is going to get more people mm. off of the fence than any human on this earth. I mean, I voted for rhino after rhino after rhino. We got rhinos running for governor. Rhino run here, rhino run there. Rhinos everywhere. And it's a joke because they cannot go back there anymore and BS the people mm-hmm. and tell them that everything's going to be all right. Just let me get rich. Let me get to have influence and let me stay in power till I get so old, die of old age. You know, the recivity in in politics is huge. Tomorrow's going to be a great day, I believe. I think there's going to be some people get their heads handed. Yeah, speaking of which, Protect the Harvest continues to live in the trenches, getting you information that you need to protect your property rights and developing a network of folks to help you get it done. ProtectTheHarvest.com for all of that information. Back with more Hank Vogler after this. Welcome back. Roll route, Trent Lewis alongside... Hank Vogler and I, to the point where I can read his mind before he even has a thought. You think Virginia yeah. governor election is going to be a big deal, and you obviously think it's going to be fair and honest, integrity. Well, no, it won't be fair. No, I mean, they're pulling out the big guns already. But just the fact that, that uh, they've squandered, uh, what, an eight-point lead to now an eight-point lead in the other way, I mean, do you, do you have any idea? You know, maybe there'll be a shortage of paper so that the ballots that they ship in in the middle of the night in unmarked trucks won't be as full as they usually are. I mean, there's lots of things that could happen to the poor devils. That, you know, they're not used to this. They're not used to the competition. They they have their statistics also. You know, hey, hey, let's go back to the to the to the global elitists. Before we before we do that, I think you just nailed something. There won't be as many uh, mail-in ballots in the Virginia governor election tomorrow because there's a supply chain problem. They couldn't get access to enough paper. I like that. We're going to run with that one. (laughs) (laughs) They can't get enough liquor by (laughs) No no bottles of That's the way it is around here. Yeah. All right. They give a case of beer to a certain ethnic group. Quit talking about your own. They're your own brethren. Why are you picking on your own people? I know. Hey, it's just the way it. Well, that's you know. Go to an Indian reservation. I've been there. See how the elitists want us all to live. There it is. I've been there. If 
five years. It was yeah. and it was yeah. the precursor to everything we're living through now. I've I saw it. Yeah. I saw people get paid to vote what? with Budweiser. I, I personally saw it. <laughs> What's the deal? Uh, uh, the Mediterranean diet and all these meat diets. They say uh, um, a lot of our problems is we're not uh, we our system for forty thousand, fifty thousand years. Whatever you know, whatever you want to go back to Adam and Eve's grandparents, we were meat eaters, and we need what comes out of meat to to keep our cycle of life going. Well, are they also asking for a vegetarian diet by the elitists, or, or because we we got all this inedible product that we can run through an animal? So, I, is that a bad deal too? Well, I guarantee you we will not see an alteration to the elitist diet in any way, shape, or form. It's just you and I peasants that need to alter our diet. You seem to have misunderstood something. Okay. But in, right. but in they, the bigger picture, what, what, you, what you just described is absolutely the message we need to continue to drive home because animals contribute to eliminating ex- waste. That, that's what they do. Even cows grazing in a cornfield are, are helping that cornfield. And I'm going to put together a TV program this week explaining that very thing. It's like, now you're trans, transvoyant. You can tell what I'm going to talk about. That's the message we've let drop, Hank. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I always was told since about the sixth grade that we, uh, exhale carbon dioxide so mm-hmm. how come all the masses get a pass i mean how come they're not sending me a check for uh, if i hold my breath or breathe really slowly isn't that my carbon credits i mean what's what's up with that if but you, the cow all of a sudden the cow is the evil demon if you hold your breath long enough they'll send you a check <laughs> but uh, but if you die in war you only get four hundred thousand. i'm the heck with that crap i'm gonna i'm going to mexico and come sneaking across the border. What, get my check. What, what, what's the... Uh, I realize there's no logic in anything. But how, how do they come up with these ideas to give illegals 400 and some thousand dollars to come here? Where does this come from? <laughs> I mean, it, common sense is very uncommon. I mean, it's just... It's not out there. I mean, this is... Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> and if you're an illegal alien... Grab yourself some kids and head for the border. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, you just cannot get your arms around how dumb that is. I, I mean to tell you. And Did because it is that dumb, look out. It's probably coming. But yeah. these were the ones that snuck across the border during that evil Trump era. And, and so we gotta, we've got to pay them because the kids were separated. But the cages were built by Obama. How about him? So I mean, all of this stuff is just. You're, you're trying to be funny, which you're not getting her done. I am not. But I'm curious I'm if funny. you were an illegal that was here prior to 2021. Do you feel shortchanged? Are you going to go back across the border so that you can come back across and get your payment? Or go or, or go into the they they won't arrest them. They won't do anything. All they got to do is go into the immigration office and say, "Hi, here I am." These twenty-two kids are mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, could we have a check? We got, we, you know, we got, we got our Bentley ordered, <laughs> Rolls Royce. 
Uh, we just bought a skyscraper. Uh, what, are they stupid? No, they're not stupid. They, they didn't come here to be oppressed. They didn't come here uh, under any shape, way, or form, you know? So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, it's just. Uh, I think you're going to have trouble getting people to go live in sheep camp if they get $450,000 just for showing up. I'm just saying. You got it. <laughs> but. The other shoe to drop, when they start handing out $450,000 to several million people, what's going to be the value of that $450,000? Isn't that called inflation? When's that ugly head going to rear? I mean, oh, oh, uh, James Earl Carter Jr. tried that one. And, and we uh, crashed into Ronald Reagan and Paul Volcker. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, this this is. As much as Jimmy Carter woke people up, this is a whole new level of awakening here. Yeah. Well, we went back to sleep for 40 years or whatever it was. Now, now it's wake up time. You know, we got, they, they take a run at us ever so often and, and, and it gets more ridiculous each time. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, you know, it obviously shows. I mean, when George Washington was inaugurated. I'll bet you there were people there that were going, Hey, George. Listen, uh, I can get you some stuff. Uh, I'll get you a new set of wooden teeth if you'll give them, grant me some ground out there in Ohio. Or, hey, uh, you know, if you'll buy my guns. I mean, this is, it didn't start yesterday. It's just a, it's a culmination of years and years and years of people wanting favors. Buy a Hunter Biden. Let's chip in. Buy a Hunter Biden painting. We can go see. We can go see. Uh, Jojo, and then we could, I'll walk in, and my wife's teaching me Chinese, and I'll walk in and say, Sun Qian Su Cha Wa. Mm-hmm. And that means when you open your eyes, the BS flows. <laughs> she says that to I, me I can all imagine the time. how many times a in, a, in, a, right. in a meeting you're going to use that, and then somebody's going to going to actually know Mandarin at some point in time and, and look at you and just start laughing. <laughs> or, well, the other one is Mushu Baldo, which is the uh, male bovine fecal matter. So yeah. She's teaching me all the good stuff, you know. So I want, she's uh, referring to, to my particular generic. I, I want to go back to what you were talking about with her, her green thumb. You know, the truth yeah. of the matter is that we've become reliant upon fertilizers. It's, it's, it's really not fertilizer. It's plant nutrition from some right. other source that, and we waste. Like, I, I'm thinking about myself. How many times through the years have I taken the apple peelings or anything, <clears throat> even the tomatoes yesterday, and I took them and threw them in the horse pen thinking that the horse is going to nibble around on them and they don't want them. Where if you would put them in a proper compost, you could create a plant nutrient availability that would be very advantageous. And that's what she's done. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and by the way, commercial fertilizer, you know, if you're a corn farmer and you've got that 300 bushel irrigated corn, you, you're, I mean, you're talking about uh, a new, new set of, uh, shovels and boots for mama i mean you're 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 in i mean irrigating boots shovel i mean it's going to be great 
and then you go to the go in and you want to get some fertilizer for next year, and just like just like the liquor store and lost wages, you can't get the bottles. And this time you won't be able the fertilizer you'll be able to get it, but they won't tell you how much it's going to cost. But it's probably going to be double also. Everything is going to go up exponentially. And you and how are you going to stop that? As long as you have people not trying to get the cost of things down, but letting it run wild. Yeah, you know, it's really an interesting time because corn yields, and I saw this as I told you many times, I, I dro- have driven the corn belt this year through the growing season several times from Ohio to Nebraska. And I knew the corn yields are going to be off the charts. We all know that the inflation has hit, the corn prices are high. And I've never seen such a tampered optimism as we have right now with record corn yields and nearly record prices on on corn. But it's because everybody sees this is it. We don't have any clue what's going to happen next year. If we can even plant our seed, we don't even know. So it's a such a tapered optimism. It's crazy. Well, and and it, it's it's because when you get down to the the, the very, very few people that have still been able to make a living in agriculture. You've got some pretty hard-boiled eggs there. They, they, mm-hmm. Those guys, uh, they've got the DTN. They've got everything in front of them, and they can quote their cost of doing business every day. But when you're a government agency and you just say, well, we got uh, $80 gazillion last year, Let's figure out how to spend all of it and get ninety gazillion dollars this year. They, there's no meets and bounds. There's no control on them. They just, if they got it in the cookie jar, they're going to eat every cookie. That's all it is to it. And, and, and we got to get a hold of that. We got to have a little rationing with those cookies. We can't just be doling them out left and right. That's the moral of the story. We need to take a break. We'll be back with the last segment. Hank Vogler on the week he loves, National Lemming Week. Comes twice a year, by the way. Dr. Nathan Bryant, the global authority on nitric oxide, would encourage you. I get so many calls every day about folks who are dealing with issues, particularly with COVID in the family. And the best way to combat any challenge is to have that immune system where it belongs have your blood flowing where it needs to be nitric oxide supplementation makes that happen i can speak to that i've been doing it with dr nathan bryan's advice for the last 18 years if you're interested in finding out more about how your body must function with nitric oxide go to the website no2 numerical 2 letter u no2u.com and if you put trent in the coupon code you get a 10% discount, plus you pay no shipping. NO2U.com, Trent coupon code, 10% off, plus shipping. No shipping, free shipping. More after this. Welcome back. Roll route. I failed to mention to Hank, <clears throat> we have a little blanket of snow today. I think winter's on its way. Well, mm-hmm. you can have it. It has hardly froze out here, mm-hmm. and wonderful. We've had a little bit of moisture. We've got green grass like in the spring. I mean, it, it's unbelievable. It, to survive this winter is going to take every ounce of strength you've got out here. But right now, global warming is working to my advantage. Now, if we can just continue to get some more light rains, 
and a little soil moisture. We've got, uh, you know, trying to pick up for the deficit. The places that the horses trashed are still trashed, full of absolute halogen poison. But uh, the optimism is if you look in different places, there's green grass. Uh, and and it's and look at California. I I got cow buyers that that uh, three months heck no two weeks ago three weeks ago were gloom and doomers. You better get rid of them old cows. Let them get their heads cut off. You know they got the, 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 the now. Hey, you better send them to our sale barn. We got the price. Of everything's coming up. Boy, they're going to be. I mean, it's going to be great. Just like that optimism. I mean, we, yeah. Yeah, we got grass in California coming on. Yes, sir, Bob. Well, I don't think Southern California, but about Sacramento North, uh, they've had bukus of water. And uh, obviously, you know, they didn't call up and ask that if they could raise turnips. They have got hillsides that are now covered with grass that if they don't consume it, it's going to be mm-hmm. ready for next year's fires. I mean, it's the light fuels that go into the, uh, what, the forest of uh, uh, sequoia trees and all that stuff. I mean, so what do they do? Hey, uh, wh- where do you get your broccoli seed? No, it's where can I get something to put on that to consume it? And that's got to be a ruminant animal, which the flatulent and the fact that they exhale carbon dioxide, you know, refer, I always refer back to my dear friend. Yeah. They eat the plants, and then what comes out underneath the tail goes back into the ecosystem, and bugs and other things break it down, and then it is fertilizer along with everything else. And all we've done as man is figure out how to get the fertilizer so we can apply it to our soybeans, to our corn, to our other crops, and get something to grow. Uh, get that plant to produce that production because the world's population is until the genocide starts, which it may have. I mean, it uh, has. why it are has. all these people trying to get here? Yeah. Well, the genocide's so, happening again, here. So, yeah. H- Hank, um, Doug Sheridan, who is a friend of Greg Dowd's, has penned a piece or has shared a piece written by Born Lomborg, who wrote in the Wall Street Journal in the early 1900s. And you're not going to believe this. This is going to be news to you. But from 1800 until 1900, they estimated that in the United States alone, fire would consume between 4.5% of the land mass and in some years up to 12%. After 1900, there was a dramatic shift down, and in the past 50 years, from 1950 until now, there's been about 2.8% of the United States landmass under fire. And in the past 10 to 15 years since you started doing this program, which I'm not saying that you're the reason, uh, there's been a shift back up. But now... With all of the accelerated noise and the global elites meeting in Glasgow, Scotland this week, talking about climate change and saying, look at these wildfires in California, we're still going to be at 4.2% less than what the state national average was from 1800 to 1900. 
And those facts won't matter. And by the way, what caused the increase in the past few 15 to 20 years? Come on, you know the answer. Tell me. Lack of lack of logging, lack of livestock management. Absolutely. Oh, natural. Let Mother Nature take care of it. Well, Mother Nature's meaner than eight or nine of my Mm ex-wives. I'm telling you. Mm -hmm. She has no patience for anything. Burn it up. So if it takes 10,000 years to come back or never come back, doesn't matter. Something else will be there. It, it, that's the, the, the Mother Nature's cycle of life. And if you want to manipulate that and feed the people and do something with it and manicure and manage the forests and, and the prairies or whatever, yeah, what would happen if the buffalo didn't eat all the grass and a prairie fire uh, took off in 1712? It burned until it ran out of fuel or it snowed out. I mean, there was, there was no fire department. All my cousins did go, oh, I said, big smoke. I think I'll go hunting. Those <laughs> buffalo are going to be coming over right here real close because they're getting away from that their fire. Well, yeah. Hey, it, it was a celebration. And, and I'm sure a few of those buffaloes that got caught in the fire were skinned and the food was consumed. And, in like every predator animal, and oh gosh, man is a predator. When their bellies were full, that's when they danced. That's when they took a nap. And as soon as their bellies started getting empty, they went out and they dang sure went hunting. They had to preserve food. They had to do everything to survive. It didn't have anything to do with linguistics or nothing. Survival. Yeah, that that's what's left out of this uh, story that was written. Was that that 4.5% to 12% of the fire that burned in the United States, 1800 to 1900, was mostly set by man as a management tool, but that wasn't included in here. That just makes it, it leaves the mind to wonder about, well, that's how, uh, how Mother Nature handled it worse than Hank's ex-wives. But you're exactly right. We know that the (laughs) Indians burned the prairie and the West, not just the prairie, but the mountain region, to, to create all of these things that we ne- they needed to survive. And when, after a fire, the regeneration of all the plants and everything are tender. So where do you think all the wildlife goes mm-hmm. after a fire? They go into those burned areas because the, the feed base is not old and decadent. It's fresh and it's tender, and it, it attracts them. In, in the East, those... Those individual tribes used to ring the trees so the trees would die, then set the woods on fire, and then all that ash and all that material would go back into the soil, and that's where they planted their corn and their beans and their and their uh, other things that they could afford to grow and eat. But it also took surplus because you had to put some seed back in the ground the next year. And if you are having some lean times and some tough times, then you went up to the neighbors and, and you raided them and you took their storage of food, too. So, I mean, civilization has been a strange paradigm, a paradox from day one. Did you just try to tell me that so, they use the ash as fertilizer to plant, to seed the crops and feed the crops that come back the next year? You think, 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 you think even the Indians well, thought fertilizer was important? Soils? <laughs> oh well maybe gee whiz where do you think all that black dirt came down from off of the mountains to to that made the prairie fertile 
It, it came from fire that piled up on the ground and, and mixed in organic matter. You know, I mean, it's just, uh, wow. Have we, uh, we've bastardized, uh, absolutely the cycle of life so bad that we deserve what we're going to get. <laughs> and it's hunger. Um, uh, you know, <laughs> grandpa said nobody will ever believe you until they get hungry. And I, more as this gets crazier and crazier. I think he was right. So, <laughs> well, people have been saying that forever, and we we thought with the abundance we'll never see that day. But thanks to man and his uh, desire to control everybody and everything, it's coming. Yeah, I I, I don't see any other alternative. If people buy into this, uh, wow, you know, this is like weaving your own rope for your own hanging. I mean, wow, it doesn't, it, it, it makes absolutely well, no sense. I, and, and just to further the cause of how much they want to control your life, you know, it's my friend J.C. Cole in New Jersey who every Wednesday talks to us about all of these things, but also puts it in context of 400-year weather cycles. And this weekend, I haven't heard what did happen, but what was supposed to happen is there was supposed to be a sunspot flare-off of the sun, what they call a CME, and cause some significant damage. But you know that people who study these weather cycles beyond the 100 years that we study them, 400-year weather cycles, knew that this was going to happen at this point in time. And that's exactly why the global elites organized their event in Scotland so they can blame man at the same time when it was just a typical weather cycle. It's all calculated. So which way are we headed? We are we headed back into uh, dry, more dry times or more wet times? Wet. dry times. We're, we're uh, headed into you know. climate cooling, but there's going to be some severe events in the process. Always is. Yeah. If <laughs> I've been driving around and there's places where the where they were inundated with uh, cloudbursts mm-hmm. and it moves some soil. And I mean, it really moves some soil. And then five miles down the road, the dust is blowing and nothing happened. So, yeah, yeah there's there's always uh, an event. We just now have uh, instant communication, not across the street, but throughout the world. You know, uh, Washington, D.C. is supposed to be getting huge rains. It's causing trouble. They got places in California. They got five, six, seven inches of rain. That moves some earth. Only been doing it for a bazillion and a quarter years. Yeah, you think you that know? San Joaquin Valley was created uh, with fire? No, it was fire plus a little erosion from the mountains. And guess what? You watch. The gold bugs will be out. They'll be in those streams everywhere because they used to use placer mining, washing the hillsides off with those huge monitors pressurized by water mm-hmm. to get the gold out well now mother nature just washed off a slug at the top of the mountain and if there's any gold in anywhere around it's going to be exposed i mean so you know when you get dealt lemons make lemonade so and there will be grass come back there will be things come back in abundance and and you could have prevented a good deal of it with management with brush control animals with logging building houses getting that off taking away the old heavy fuels taking away the light fuels with grazers with ruminants oh carbon footprint 
We've got to stop having cattle. Forget the fact that Africa was covered with wildebeest. How many bazillion and a quarter buffalo used to ro- roam in this mm-hmm. country? And, 80 million. And they Same didn't have flatulence. And that'll do it. We have successfully journeyed down the road connecting rural and urban America for another week. Hank Vogler, Trent Luce, both of us reminding you all roads do lead to a roll route.